go. Oh, well, hello there, Mark. Uh, 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 hey, Johnny, how you doing there, buddy? Oh, old Johnny's not been doing too good, you know. Uh, I, I, I went down to, I went down to the store, and, and I went to, to go and say hi to all my friends, and, and then they said, well, I, you don't have any money here, and, 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 and you don't know what you're doing with this cold open, and it was supposed to be a, a shitty Glengarry Glen Ross Gold Gill thing, and, and he just doesn't understand what he's doing. So, I, I guess, uh, I don't know, maybe you could buy a house from me, Mark? Maybe you could do it with all your podcast money? Podcast market ain't really holding up, buddy. I was going to ask you for a little bit of a loan, but if you've kicked into no. Gil, I can tell that things are even worse off for you than they are for me. Oh, well, I, I think maybe we just got to keep on, keep on working. Maybe we'll get that coffee one day, right, Mark? This coffee, coffee is for podcasters, and podcasters, they definitely say, welcome to the dang old podcast. Yes, welcome back to the Dango Podcast. God damn it, Johnny! <laughs> welcome back That's to the Dango Podcast. That's the stupidest open I've done. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I love you, buddy. That's all there is to it. <laughs> it welcome back to the Dango Podcast, the weekly King of the Hill podcast, where I, Mark, and my good buddy, Gil. I mean Johnny. <laughs> oh, Gil. Oh, we uh, take two episodes of that beloved adult animation classic, King of the Hill, and we talk about the goods and the bads and the highs and the lows. We slap it with our patented rating system, and I promise this week I will try to not be such a gigantic bucket of hate. That is my <laughs> that is my mark guarantee. I mean, you, you do a pretty good job at least trying every week. It just doesn't always work out, but it's okay. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what they say, buddy. You know, you know what APR stands for, right? I uh, annual percentage something something. Always perpetually raging. Oh yes, yes. It's it's for our <laughs> folks that live in Louisiana. Um, Mark, we're gonna start this week with episode two hundred seven, Glenn Peggy, Glenn Ross. Which, if you hadn't gathered from my terrible cold open, is a reference to Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. A uh, very popular, famous, I don't know, was it a stage play? Was it a movie? Yeah, Chicken David Mamet, Egg, Which right? came first? Uh, I believe it was David Mamet, yeah. Uh, I think the yeah. video, the movie version's Jack Lemmon uh, plays the titular, <laughs> titular, titular character. Um, <laughs> if I remember correctly, the, the character Gil from The Simpsons is based off that. They have this whole coffee is for closers and... This guy needs to get his shit together, otherwise he's just going to eat cat food for the rest of his life. I don't know. I've never seen it, guys. I've heard it referenced a million times. This should be a retro reference or age because nobody fucking knows what Glenn Gary Glenn Ross is anymore. <laughs> Glenn Peggy Glenn Ross is April 22nd, 2007. This is written by one Jim Dottereve. Where did we see Mr. Dibitrov last? Uh, we last saw Mr. Wubba-lubba-dub-treeb in uh, church hopping and trouble with the gribbles. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how we feel about old Jim, but I mean, he's he's definitely one of our more consistent writers. Um, I appreciate that. He's he's got a pretty good voice here. There is some some really fun callbacks in this episode, and I have to think that he's the one that put them in there because he's been around a while now. Yeah, I, I think I think you're right about that because I even noted that there's a lot of callbacks in this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's start with our cast of characters for this episode. We have Hank, Peggy, Bobby Hill, Dale Gribble, Bill DeBetrove, 
Boomhauer, Connie Supanusimpone, Chris Sizemore, Roddy Ray Biffle, Bob Jenkins, Nancy Gribble, Min and Con Supanusimpone, Candy and Roger, D. Walker Lee, James Allen Duckworth. I believe he he only has what the one line. While yeah, at the yeah, prison. yeah, in the prison. Yeah, and for, I'm gonna I'm gonna give credit where it is due here because surprisingly the the wiki only fucked up one big thing today. I thought was hilarious, and then I almost destroyed the entire page dedicated to this character. Um, they did point out to me that Wesley Martin Archer and his ex-wife Jeanette are in the background of that scene where Hank talks to James Allen Duckworth. And Holy I'm like, we shit, haven't, really? yeah, we have not seen him since he like tricked Peggy into bringing him Timer Sand in the third season, fourth season. Yeah, I'm amazed he's still alive. So am I. So am I. But yeah, Wesley Martin Archer is the guy that's when he when he hangs up the phone, he's like, "Okay, see you later." He's talking with his wife. He's the one in the next cell. Like if you, yeah. it's only there for like, like two frames. It feels like. But I'm no, like, I okay, can, I can see it. Yeah, in my head, I can. I know. I, yeah, because like, I, wow, good looking out, dude. Or yeah, wiki, I, guess, I, like I said, I, shit. I was gonna say, I will give the wiki its fucking due here, but I I thought that was that was super cool. Uh, but <laughs> I almost blew the wiki up today because. Candy introduces herself to Peggy with it's candy with an eye. And, and Roger says, and Roger with an I do. And literally in the wiki, her name is spelled C-A-N-D-Y. <laughs> and so I went through and fucking changed everything. And Good. including Good I tried man. to change her, her photo. And when I changed her photo, it got rid of the photo altogether. I went, oh shit, let's see if I can undo this real quick. So the page itself character name is still titled Candy with a Y, but everything else in there says candy with an eye. I even put a little thing underneath her picture that says that's candy with an eye because why the fuck not? <laughs> why? <Take> that wiki. <laughs> um okay, synopsis for this episode cuz I feel like I just spent a whole bunch of time on characters. Two two of which we only see for two frames and never again. Um Peggy picks a fight with one of Arlen's biggest realtors and Hank and the guys go golfing. Our A story this week, Peggy, Connie, and Chris Sizemore. Our B story is Hank and the guys. Um, do you want to talk about Chris Sizemore real quick and and uh, what his his guest star is? We've seen him in King of the Hill before. Because I remember having a conversation with you about him. Yeah, and I wish like hell I could remember the episode, and I can't. But yeah, it's uh, Chris Elliott. You might remember yeah, from uh, such things as Lily's Deadbeat Dad and How I Met Your Mother. Or the guy with the really strong hand in Scary Movie. Yes. Number two. Or Roland Shit in Shit in Shit's Creek. There you go. I I haven't. Seen I just. That one. No, I just see. I just remember him as the uh, the shithead snowplow driver with the the bird Clementine from the Nickelodeon movie Snow Day when I was like eight years old. Like so that's my weird. There, sense it's it's my weird sense memory of like you're always going to be this guy for me because you were the villain in this movie when i was a kid and so like you're always going to be the villain in everything i see it just it is um let's jump into some notes man what you yeah, got let's do me? it buddy um number one i want to work on a squid boat i just um i follow way too many squid accounts with the Dangle Podcast Instagram. I don't know why, but that's like <laughs> what it's like all giant fish and barbecue and then squid. That's all that that algorithm kicks out on the Dangle Podcast Instagram. So I just like follow and like and all just that shit. But okay. like, 
it's cool, dude. Like the way they do it, um, they like feed out line that, you know, they feed out these long, like, uh, lines with hooks on them. And the way that like a squid works is like, you can like backflip them over something and they spit out the hook. It's, it's cool to watch. I could watch that shit all day. I think it'd be fun as hell to work on a squid boat. Um, Connie doesn't know what she's talking about. Um, you already kind of called it out, but this is a super classic episode in two respects. Number one, we get a Connie slash Peggy team up, and then we also get the rare Peggy loses a job but gets another job, but then loses that job, but then gets it anyway. So, like, we're just, like, <laughs> levels deep yes. here. Yes. Um, I was looking at that. Um, So, Peggy writes the article for The Bystander about Sizemore, and I was looking at some of the other stuff on there, and the big headline that stood out to me is school put on fight on fiscal watch list. Get out of my uh, notes, is... buddy. That's that's awesome. What's the through line, man? It's a like the district is going down. Um, it's kind of cool. They're like telegraphing Carl Moss getting fired before he gets before he gets it, and I think that's great. But then also, yes. did you notice how there's going to be a hike in sewer fees? I did not notice that. I noticed that they were the only other thing I noticed was the um, headline for the new political representative. It's like hot air or or just wind or something like that. And then a breath of fresh the... air or just hot or yeah, a breath of fresh air or hot wind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. And then when you flip it over, it starts talking about Ireland's new congressman. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. that's kind of cool. Like, man, good for you guys. Yeah, I can only assume the sewer bit is a uh, callback to Sir Punt because there's all those snakes and rats down there. Yes, yes, the, was it, Bond Measure S? Yeah. And Interesting, Rollo okay. And, yeah, and they're going to go clean it up. Yes, yes, this is a rehash of an episode of The Simpsons where Marge is a realtor. Yes, it is. Okay, we called it out, and now we don't need to spend 20 minutes dwelling on it. Um, <laughs> and then my last note is, and I don't remember this episode. I remember bitching to you about how I didn't want to watch it because I thought I didn't like it. I forgot Connie was in it all together. I thought this was the one where Peggy's trying to sell the house and, like, has, like, the actors come in and, like, try and be the, you know what I'm talking about, the the family <gasps> oh, wink, wink of actors. Yes, I thought that yes. one was this one, and I really wasn't looking forward to it. And so I just didn't remember this one at all. But then I was looking at it, um, and I, my note is, doesn't Peggy need a realtor license? Oh, wait, never mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, just as some personal edification for you and I and the listeners, that propeller that they bring in should weigh about 15 pounds at the very most. I mean, Connie is very tiny, and we know that yeah, Peggy and... doesn't know how to do a fire person's carry, so. <laughs> but Peggy's a goddamn ox. <laughs> she's gonna pull her groin, Mark. Not, not anymore, dude. She's been powerlifting with the drag queens. Oh shit! You're right. You're right. Okay. <laughs> Peggy, I, I got nothing. Peggy pecks in the body, buddies. I don't know. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> what do you got for notes, dude? Um, so we already talked a little bit about, we noticed Wes, I noticed Wesley in there after I knew to look for it because of the wiki. I thought that was a cool callback. Um, if Connie is in fact staying in Texas for her, her like week long, two week long, whatever the hell it is that she's doing, um, then it is most likely that Con's cousin Trang lives in Galveston or somewhere near the Gulf that you like the warm waters of the Gulf, because that is where you find squid in Texas. Um, 
it's not, a, I don't think it's a huge, huge industry there, but that is about the only place in Texas that you can like find it. I don't think you can find it on the other side, um, near the Rio Grande, like anywhere near there. So like, I'm, t- I'm thinking of, for some reason, I'm thinking that, that Texas is connected to the, to Baja Mexico. And I know it's not, um, anyway, has to live by the Galveston to the coast. I looked it up uh, there. You can actually do squid fishing in Galveston. Um, they said on average, like if, if a squid is around like, oh, it was something like 30 inches, then you can keep it. No, that can't be, that can't be right. Because that's like almost three. Eh, no, I didn't write it down. Squid get huge. No, no those... squid can get huge. No, it was, it was something about like if it's under a certain thing, but I'm like, it can't be three inches because that's like way too tiny and you wouldn't catch those anyway. But maybe it is now that I'm looking at three inches. No, I'm not looking down at my dick. Don't make that joke. Um, I, why would I say that? I was going to say, let me put my dick away. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> anyway, guys, uh, uh, Trang Supernusenfon likely lives in Galveston. Uh, next one, but you already hit it though. The bystander headlines are about schools on a fiscal watch list and a new political representative for Arlen. Okay. Mm-hmm. I did something here because I couldn't find Peggy makes the comment that, that Connie is going to be the youngest person in the world or in history to ever sell a house. And I looked and I could not find the youngest person to ever sell a house. I've seen articles about 12 year olds that were landlords and 18 and 19 year olds that have bought a bunch of like real estate or done a, a lot of it was about kids that that saved their their penny allowance or whatever and bought their own home it just so happened to be like i don't know there was one where this kid saved his pocket money with his with his brother and sister in england and they bought this rip like run down old shack for like 12 grand and that has likely likely has everything to do with the fact that um the home was originally valued at like 100 and then the economy took a giant shit or something and oh, these okay. people needed to offload it. So, you know, lucky shit like that. But what I did find is the youngest person in the world who has ever purchased a home did it with their pocket money, quote unquote, pocket money is how the article put it, at six years old. A okay. six-year-old in Australia bought her first home in 2021, I believe. How you had is the guess, housing market in Australia? Oh, it's not. And so if you had to guess how expensive this house was, take a take a shot. I don't know what's a house go for in America. A couple million. So I'm going to say $250,000 dues. So just over $600,000, which apparently this kid got through her quote unquote pocket money. Don't fucking believe that. Uh, her dad also just so happens to coincidentally work in real estate as a property investment expert. So me thinks that that's a, that's a real shady way of like playing a shell game and making your six-year-old buy a, like a, a I don't know, just money laundering pro- property or some shit. Anyway, so really we can say, a... we, so really we can be fair here and say that this little girl didn't do shit. Uh, I think so. I think so. Okay, but cool, technically, cool. <laughs> that's she's like the youngest person ever to buy property. Six fucking years old, just over six hundred grand for her house. Yeah, the, no, the property in uh, Australia is even more fucked than it is here in America. This is this six hundred thousand dollar house. I'm pretty sure was the size of mine when I lived in Montrose. 
So like two bedrooms, one and a half bathrooms, and a back. Hmm. Yeah, it's fucked. I, anyway, yeah. uh, I have a question <laughs> for you, Mark. Okay, buddy. Do you think Peggy added nutmeg to her cookies? Because we all know that nutmeg gives things flavor. <laughs> it's a nutmeg, Peggy Hill. <laughs> <laughs> I add flavor. <laughs> Sorry. I only I only ask that because Connie was there with her and I'm like, this, this is Connie like is Connie gonna use men's secrets here? I really hope so. Well, I really hope that she tries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and my last note here before we get to pros and cons is it takes in somewhere in between eight weeks to six months to get your real estate license, depending if you take an online pre-licensing course or not. Um, so it is okay. very realistic that Peggy could spend 150 hours online and get her real estate license. I, I mean, that's only that's that's not even like it. That's not even like eight hours a day for like two weeks, you know. No. Or no, not at all. Yeah, math is hard, but yeah. Well, no, that'd still be three weeks, right? Yeah, forty-hour work week times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that'd be about it'd a be, month. Yeah, be four yeah, weeks. Yeah. Sorry, if that's, it's too yeah, that's all you do end math. up doing. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. Um, I have a cousin who recently got their realtor license, but it's it's they're a realtor, not just a real estate agent. Like they went through the whole thing of being certified, ratified, like within yeah. their that whole little cabal it's when i say cabal it sounds like they're evil my my real they my are. realty they guy are. that sold our house was a realtor and he was super cool uh it, it probably is but eh, i i like to think there's there's a law of ethics and scrutiny that they have to follow when they're part of that that other people can just don't have to follow um yeah so I, yeah, this is it's interesting. I also, according to the wiki, this is the job that Peggy is going to maintain for the rest of the series. Which I remember her ending the series at the real estate office. Like, mm -hmm. there's not a lot more storylines that go along with this, but there's a couple more. We see Sizemore. I know a couple of times. Um, it plays into a couple of other different things. Okay. So, yeah. Um. Why don't we shoot on over to pros? What do you got for pros for this episode? What'd you like? Um, I like Connie conning Peggy. There's a little bit there with like, well, I don't know. Maybe I could shadow Mrs. Hicks Gribble. That'd be, she's a real journalist. And Peggy goes, no, no, no. Print <laughs> media is where people used to yep. get their news from. Yeah, she said that. Like that little bit. Like Connie knows exactly where Peggy's goat is tied and how to get at that goat. And I love that. Um... I like that Connie legitimately wants to be a better journalist, even if it's for, like, you know, stupid reasons because she's got to get into school or some dumb shit. Right. Because let's rehash Connie extracurriculars because that is the only trick that the Connie pony knows. But, like, whatever. I don't – whatever. Um, I, I like that she legitimately wants to try, you know? Yeah. Um, We get horned up for costume changes, and I got really horned up for uh, Bill – and his little golf outfit. That thing. Did, did you notice how it's like he's the only one that actually bothered to get dressed to go play golf? Yeah, I did. Which is strange to me because it seems like that's something Hank would get into. Because it's like I get to, I get to be just dressed up enough, but I also get to still be Hank. Mm -hmm. Especially because you know they're not going to Nine Rivers. Like he can go to the local public course where he can still wear his his jeans. Like they're not gonna give a shit there, but he could wear a nice polo then. No, I, I appreciate that, too. I, I'm glad you pointed it out. Don't you need to wear 
polos? Like, isn't that, like, mandatory or something? Uh, not on every course. I mean, I oh, definitely okay. have played on... I it, it depends on what the course says. You know, like, I, I played on uh, the local one where I used to work because we got free... Like, that was what was one of our employee perks is we got a free membership there because um, it was city-owned. So I could go mm. and play whenever I wanted to. And But we did a tournament there every August or September. Um, it's a good ex- excuse to just knock off half a day early and get shit housed at work. Um, Hell yeah. And they didn't really care. Like your boss wanted you to, to be a little bit more dressed up, but I definitely showed up in my like bright yellow neon uh, Carhartt, like ultra reflective work outfit and just played an entire <laughs> round of golf that way. And no one really gave a shit. <laughs> I I know nothing about it. So, you know, I, I kind of yeah. got to rely on you for that kind of deal. Um, yeah. Uh, Sizemore is solidly shitty, and I really like. He's written really, really well. He's such a piece of shit. Um, yeah. And I don't know how much of that is Chris Elliott and his like acting. I don't know how close he followed the script or whatever. But like, I'm assuming certain bits, like the King Me thing. He's just really well done. He um just as a general character, like he is a controlling sociopath. He is a megalomaniac. He is. Peggy's best match in the entire world. It's it's great. Right. He's great. I I enjoy him quite a bit and I really like him in this episode. On that, before we move on, I I've just I've got a question to pose you then. Yeah. Is Sizemore an adequate replacement for Bob Jenkins cuz we're probably not going to see Bob Jenkins again now. Yeah, we will. Will we? When Hank pull Yeah, when Hank runs a train on Peggy. <laughs> oh shit, you're right. You're right. Thank you. Um, <laughs> and there's peace okay, throughout in the, event the land. That, in the event that Hank does not run a train on Peggy, and we don't see him in that episode, do you think we see him again in the series? And if if not, like, like how do you feel about that? Because we were really just starting to get to know Bob, getting to know Bob Jenkins. You and I are were already pretty warm on him. Like, oh shit, he's in this. Okay, I'm gonna like this episode. Do you think Sizemore's a good replacement for that? Uh, no, because Bob Jenkins wasn't really a villain. He wasn't a bad guy. Uh, Sizemore is not a bad guy, but he's an anti-hero in his own right. Bob Jenkins was just there okay. as an ancillary character, and I think the best ones are the ones that can show up and then quietly leave, and we go, oh, I remember that gay dude with the eye patch. He was cool. And then he shows up, like, you know, 20 episodes <laughs> okay. down the line, and we're like, oh, shit, there he is. Like, I think that's yeah. what makes a good side character, not like... Gil. It's why Gil and the Simpsons sucks, because Gil is obnoxious and overstays his welcome, and then they do an entire episode about him squatting in the Simpsons' house for a year, and you just want to take him out back and beat him to death. Is that also why we love Mole Man? Because Mole Man just gets the shit kicked out of him every week? Yeah, because we're all gay for Mole Man. <laughs> yeah, we all love Mole Man. Deep cuts Simpsons in a King of the Hill podcast. <laughs> You know, if you guys are tired of this, you've never said it to us, so we're just going to keep doing it. Uh, sorry, Mark, I interrupted you, though. I, I just, I was curious. No, not at all. No, no, not at all. I, I appreciate it. And you know you're always welcome to cut me off, because God knows I do it to you all the time. Uh, what about you, buddy? What are your pros? Um. Oh, shit, one okay. more thing. No, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I just wanted to cut you off. I, no, you're, you're good. You're good. Um. We were getting two very good men insults in pumpkin-headed Q-tip and sea cow. I just, <laughs> that makes me really happy. 
But pumpkin headed Q-tip is that is next level. And I want to call somebody that like I almost want to change my Steam profile name to pumpkin headed Q-tip. <laughs> just because I can. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, is that not a great gamer tag? Pumpkin headed Q-tip. That's an Perfect. amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Lots of really good callbacks this week. Um, I, we are we pointed out Wes Archer, like Wesley Archer being here, but mm-hmm. I also want to call back to the the entire B plot is predicated on the fact that we have seen Hank go to Nine Rivers before. We have seen Hank have an infatuation with golf and Willie Willie Nelson before. Like we are now leaning back on some of these classic trademarks of Hank. We all know that he loves golf. He got Raleigh St. Augustine, and when it got torched on his front lawn, he couldn't even be outside. But what is he doing? He's rewinding and watching people playing golf. He gets really pissed yeah. off that somebody made, or uh, Bill made him miss a moment during the Masters that Dale and Boomhauer got to watch without him. Like, thank you, Jim Dotrieve, for, I'm not even going to say your name wrong. You get, a, you get a kudos for this. Thank you for remembering that Hank loves golf. Because this that makes this B story that much more fun. Um... So I just, that, that made me very happy as a King of the Hill fan. I, I'm going to agree with you that I love Sizemore as like the anti-hero, the, the villain of this episode ish. Uh, I love the blatant misdirect of I'm, I'm always six moves ahead and, you know, I'm always thinking six moves ahead of you. And before you know it, uh, I jump, jump, double jump King me. Uh, but six moves ahead is the strategy used in chess. You dumb shit. Oh, I get it. They're being funny. Like it. I forgot that he said that, and it made me chuckle inside. There's also no strategy to checkers. I'm sorry. Like, no, it's basically how how long can you hold your back line? Like that's the strategy. Um, yeah. yeah I'm taken back to a coffee or to a to a weird like hipster bar in Kansas City, Missouri, when you summarily whoop my ass at chess three times. <laughs> yes, I did. I don't. Wouldn't say. Well, the last one was a whooping, but the first two were pretty damn close. Um, last I just one kept, that old fashioned hit getting, you like a sack of rocks. As I say, I just kept getting you more perpetually drunk. That's all. Um, Which is so yeah, I pretty much the only way you can beat me, unless it's a physical contest, then you're gonna lose. It's or I'm playing fucking WWE 2K21. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm never gonna let that die. Uh, my last pro here, I really like the separation of the A and B stories in this. Hank has no, like, no, he should have a pony in this horse. It's his wife. She's getting a new job. She got canned. Whatever. We all know that Peggy is not the the breadwinner of the Hill household. It always has been Hank. Um, So that's why she gets the new job every week. And I really appreciate that they took Hank out of this so that, wow, so that Peggy and Connie had room to breathe in this story. Um, we didn't mm-hmm. get overwhelmed with Bobby. We didn't get overwhelmed with anybody else in the alley. We surprisingly didn't get overwhelmed with Con and Min, which they could have done very fucking easily, um, considering this is where, you know, like, they're all into their, their daughter's life, and this is what's going to get her into this private school. I could easily see them inserting themselves if they need to. But they gave it a lot of room to breathe between Peggy and Connie this week, and we got a fun B story here that... I I know you said we shouldn't bring it up, but not only is this an episode where we saw Marge become a realtor, but it's also an episode about a murder happening. Like that was even more uncanny to me because Marge sells a murder house and, and Hank is playing with murder clubs. I just ridiculous. 
But that's that's in my cons here. Mark, give me your cons. Give me one second. I should have looked this up, and I didn't. Do you yeah. know the, that, the name of that episode? Um, I Off the top of my head, no. Just a sec. I'm sure, I'm sure you can Frankiac or yeah, Frankie Act purple drapes and find it pretty quick. Um, reality bites. Okay, well, I was gonna say realty, um... <laughs> realty bites. I can't read. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. I wonder if it's. I wonder if this is written by him. It's. It's not. It's written by a guy named Dan Greeny. And also, the chalkboard gag is there's no Roman god named Farticus. That's fantastic. Um. Yeah, no, I wondered if maybe he had written this, because I am noticing a lot more here, like, just how incestuous the animated TV show community is. Um, like, yeah. I, the other this day, I like... sent you a picture from American Dad. Um, the Allens are executive producers on American Dad. Like, yeah, it's amazing uh, to do me. You have, do you have Realty Bites? Do you have that pulled up on your computer? Uh, yeah. When, what was its premiere date? Uh, December 7th, 1997, so 10 years before this aired. Cool. 10 years, I'm cool with it. You can recycle an idea from 10 years ago. I don't care if it's classic Simpsons or not. Well, I am know, way also, less shitty about this. <laughs> yeah, I, I also... Okay, okay. here's Mark being maybe problematic. What is the most least job that uh, a work... That a, like a mother and a... Like a stay-at-home mom can get? It's usually realtor's license. You do it on the side. You just you just do it. We saw it happen all the time in the 90s, and I think this is completely up that alley. Do you know what I mean? So it's totally reasonable. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, this is before you can work from home or do shit on the internet. Um, guys, this I mean. is yeah, about, like... what, 15 years before OnlyFans? <laughs> <laughs> That's how mommy makes her money now, selling feet pics. Yeah, no, actually, well, no, you know, we already saw that happen in Peggy's Porno Piggies, so. <laughs> I'm Fuck. sorry, Transnational okay. Amusements presents Peggy's Magic Sex Feet. I apologize. I'll say Thank correct. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and you didn't like that episode, oh, yeah. so. <laughs> it's just more food, Mark. <laughs> Here come the baked beans. <laughs> Peggy's made a bad, bad girl. Okay, sorry, we're, we're, we're actually paying attention here. We're doing good. How strong is your homebrew 7-Up, buddy? It's, I mean, it's potent. So my cons here, this is an episode about realty and murder victim. We already saw this 10 years ago in The Simpsons, yada, yada, yada. I don't care. If it was literally 10 years ago and the fact that these guys all work for Fox and it took them 10 years to rip it off, that, to me, is self-restraint. And I don't think it necessarily needs to be applauded, but that is, I mean, it says something. Uh, that's something that Family Guy probably would have ripped off a year later, if if not even in the same season. Um, that's right. I fucking hate Family Guy. Come at me. Sizemore demonstrates why I never want to work for anyone but myself. It's part of the reason I'm getting a therapy license, because I want to be my own boss. Um I have worked in community mental health centers. They are not fun. You are a slave to everybody except for your client, and it's fucking awful and terrible. That's why I want to run my own private practice. That is my within my 10-year plan here. Um, if you guys want to come and be a client of mine, just don't ever fucking tell me that you've listened to this podcast because then I can't. It's unethical. However, I want to be my own boss so that when when I walk around, I don't have to worry if I'm congratulating everybody I should be. 
or if I'm making sure that everybody is getting the, uh, an appropriate slice of the pie, or if I'm if one person is fucking up that I have to go and no, you know what? I'm the one. I'm the one in charge of my own destiny, my own shit. Like that. That's just kind of is what it is. And Sizemore just like hit that nail right on the head of, oh god, you would be the worst fucking boss to work for. Like I cannot stand this at all. I don't know how Peggy can stand it because she's such a like she's such a strong feminine like independent person and he takes up so much of that. It it's fat fascinating to me. Um I'm I'm really excited to see the rest of their their interactions throughout the series because I don't remember Sizemore too much more after this episode and I know he shows up but I want to see if if that power dynamic ever changes. We know that Peggy's very strong-willed. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of word vomit there. <laughs> Not at all. Uh, those are my cons for this episode, though. Um, and Sizemore himself is not really a con. It was just like a, oh, God, yeah, you reminded me exactly why I just want to work for myself. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yeah. Give me your cons, buddy, unless unless we already blew past them. Did I, did I miss that already? Oh. Do I need to read no, no, my no. seven up? Cozy uh, means uncomfortably small. Uh, this episode predicted the tiny house movement. If you get into a tiny house, you guys are idiots. Stop it. Stop <laughs> it. Stop it. But Mark, don't you live in a tiny apartment? I live in a three-bedroom, two-bathroom apartment, and I have an entire room devoted to my bullshit. No. <laughs> Would I love to go so cut wait. a mow a yard? Yes, but that ain't the point. You mean to tell me you can live somewhere but not have to own it? Yeah, if you you can't own property, man. I gotcha. I gotcha. Except for Mexico. You can own property in Mexico. <laughs> My last con is that I don't like that Connie, and I kind of already talked about this, but I don't like that Connie has one central through line through this entire show, and it's, I'm going to get into college. Like... Anytime we get a Connie yeah. heavy episode, it's her outside of like bad girls, bad girls. What you gonna do? Like or aisle eight A. Aisle eight A was yeah. That's a better. That's a good example. So a way to voice to my petard. But like, I uh, I uh, I, I really just don't like how every single Connie episode is. I need to do X to get into Y school, and it's like, it's a dead horse that they beat quite a bit, and even like. We're talking about callbacks. Like, I'm reminded of Bobby Slam when, like, you know, her and Peggy team up so she can be on the wrestling team. Or, like, Cheer Factor, which she doesn't really talk about, you know, how cheerleading is going to get her into college. But at the same time, that's all she ever does is extracurriculars to get into school. It's like, dude, number one, you're in middle school. Number two, Redneck on Rainy Street already guaranteed that you pretty much got a golden mm. ticket to do whatever you want to do. I just get tired of right. seeing it. It's What's a Bechdel test for, like, poor... Asian girls who need to keep doing, you know, extracurriculars to get into school. Because I feel like this is just such a thing that is beat to death in media, and I don't care for it. But um, those okay. were my those are my cons. I don't know. Maybe I'm just bitching. I um I want to I want to I was gonna say I want to fight you on that for just a second here because if I if I remember correctly, there are two episodes. One I know for sure is a blue flame, but a second one that I'm pretty sure is as well. One that might be a double flame that are Connie centric that don't deal with that. And, but okay. maybe that is why they are blue flames for you and I, because we love Connie as a character, but hate that through line because I already mentioned one from, from this, um, aisle eight, a 
That yep. one is, it's not, I mean, it's, that one's about growing up, becoming a woman, the weird struggles and trials and tribulations that it, that come with it and, and how beautiful and fucking terrifying that adventure is. So that one doesn't really focus on, I mean, it's, it's about transition. Yes, but not specifically about college. So I mean, we'll, that we one can is throw that in the a huge pile. hole in that point, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, but what about, won't you pee my neighbor? Like not the that Bobby is episode. arguably I yeah, but there is a huge piece of Connie in that episode that drives him. Nah, nah. I, no, I'd even say that that no, no, it's a Bobby episode and Peggy or Peggy Connie's just there. Okay, like she's just tangential well, to the plot. Okay, well, I was gonna say if you want to consider the role she plays in that, but that it is a rare occurrence though that she also is that's not a college thing for her. <laughs> Right, but you know, it, it's it's more about her faith. Yeah. But okay, okay, no, I I will I will concede that "Won't You Be My Neighbor" is more of a Bobby episode than a Connie episode. But I don't know, I I can't I can't separate her from that because she's so synonymous with that ending for me. And I'm like, oh, I love you, I love this show. <laughs> anyway, no, I just I think you do make a valid point though because so many of her episodes are are revolve around that or something that will lead to that. And I was trying to think about bluegrass is always greener. I'm like, no, the whole point is her going to Van Cliburn so that she can yeah. become a part of this orchestra and have to do this. And it's con and men are just forward thinking about her all the time. And mm-hmm. it does get exhausting. And I'm not trying to hate on it. I just get tired of seeing that. I wish that we could do or see Connie do anything. Well, I mean, but you know, too, like what Peggy at the bat or whatever. That's not the right. It's not the name of it, but like the, the, the softball one and like, you know, she's selling Arrow Girl cookies. Yeah, she's not a, a, an Arrow Girl to go to college. It's not all of that. It's not like I Don't Want to Wait is a pretty solidly heavy Connie episode. But it's not just that. But it's like if Connie is in the A plot and she, like, is driving the action, it's literally to get her into some type of school. Yeah. Yeah. And and again, what? That. but also we talked about how, like, this is an episode of callbacks. uh Jim Dotrieve obviously knows, like, what he's doing, what he's talking about. So it's not his fault. It's just that's where we're at with Connie, the character. That's I just think she gets after 11 seasons. It's hard. Yeah. Yeah. But that's just me me being shitty and kind of wanting more out of or more for Connie, I guess. I think it's fair to want more for Connie because we have seen glimpses of her and she is an interesting character on her own. We don't yeah. need her to have to do something to get into college to have her be a part of the story. Um, you know, the Boneyard episode doesn't really revolve around that at all. And she is a, a big part of that one. And it's just like, eh, cool. This is, I mean, and granted, that one is also still character building for a lot of those characters. But like, yeah, I, I want to see her. I want to see her get into, into something stupid. Like, let's watch her get into something stupid that Bobby and Joseph would get into. Like, that's the episode I want to see. Connie gets way too into Magic the Gathering. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see her seduce Post Malone so she can get the one ring card from him. Um, Mark, what are favorite moments? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Fuck you, John. <laughs> Podcast over. <laughs> I, can you just Favorite imagine moments. those what beautiful Laotian babies? <laughs> those beautiful Laotian babies with all those face tattoos. Favorite moment, Mark. They just I come I have out one... with tattoos. 
have, yes. I I have one, maybe. Maybe. Okay. And it's the ski mask reveal at the end of the episode where oh, Hank okay. is like, huh, he must have liked skiing because it's, it's just stupid. Like, it's not really a favorite moment. I didn't have a good favorite moment in this episode. Um, okay. It, it, I mean, it existed. Maybe, maybe it was Min say, saying, I called Nancy Pumpkin-Headed Q-Tip and Peggy Hill Sea Cow. Like, maybe it was that. <laughs> okay. But... <laughs> I, I don't not a lot stuck out to me here. It was just it was an episode of TV. It was a thing. Um right. what about you, man? Right. Do you got a favorite moment? Um, I think Bobby, I want you to get the Guinness Book of World Records and look up the person who was fired the most. I'm pretty sure it was George Jetson. <laughs> that made me like that made me laugh out loud. That one really got me. That was a great little line. I didn't see it coming, came out of nowhere. It was great. I tried to find the the actual person who's been fired the most, but Google failed me today, so. I mean, in this economy, who can say, really? Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, so we're to our ratings, buddy. You want to break down that sweet, sweet system? Absolutely. At the very bottom of our rating system, we have a charcoal, and a charcoal episode is an absolute failure. It is dirty like the soot it puts underneath your boy's fingernails. A charcoal episode is not representative of King of the Hill. It's a bad episode of TV. You don't really want to watch it. After you've watched it, you feel dirty. You just need a shower. Uh, but in order to heat that shower, you're probably going to need some megalo heat. No, that doesn't that doesn't fly right. Ah, eh, fuck it. Uh, megalo rating. That's our next rating here. It's <laughs> It's a bronze. It's a little bit better than a charcoal. It feels so much better. To feel so good. Guys, I'm I am all over the place today. A megalo rating is our bronze tier. It is uh not much better than a charcoal, but it's I mean, it it embodies King of the Hill a little bit better. Um you're still not gonna seek it out, but it, you might not turn it off. You might not even remember what the episode's about. It'll play in the background, you're not paying attention to it. After that, you get your butane. Butane's a bastard gas, and this is a bastard of an episode. You love to hate it, you hate to love it. Butane episodes are middle of the road. They're a dime a dozen in King of the Hill. We have a lot of butanes here. Um, they're just episodes of King of the Hill. They they say, yep, I'm here. I've got these characters. We're going to teach you a little bit about them. It's not going to be the greatest thing in the world. It's fine. Uh, butanes are, you know, you, you almost strive for that. Uh, after that, you've got your Char King episodes. These are our gold standards. Char King is everything you want in a King of the Hill episode. It's got great characters. You go on some crazy conspiracy theory with Dale, or you go in and watch something terrible and colossal and amazing and beautiful with Bill, or you watch Hank just rail into somebody and, and put foots and asses. It's great. Char King episodes are what you want in King of the Hill, and Mark and I both agree that a Char King, or that an episode's a Char King, it becomes an Imperial. These are the best of the best King of the Hill episodes that you just need a little bit of context to fully appreciate. After that, we have our Blue Flame of Valor. This is the S-rank best episode, not just of King of the Hill, but of TV. These are the episodes of King of the Hill that you will show to somebody to get them interested in the series to begin with. So, Mark, on a scale of charcoal to the Blue Flame of Valor, what did you give Glenn Peggy Glenn Ross? Um, I gave Glenn Peggy, Glenn Ross a Char King. I genuinely enjoyed this episode. I thought that all the characters were used super well. We get the introduction of a new character in Sizemore who's going to show up again. Um, I, I really, really liked this episode. I was pleasantly surprised at how much I liked this episode. And I'll be honest, maybe it's because we have gotten such turds lately that, like, 
even the bare minimum at this point, like, makes me happy. But shit, you know what? I'll take it. I, but I also can't say that because, like, this is an all. This is a really all rightish episode. You know, like, there's yeah. development. There's new things are happening. Peggy's got a new job. Like, I just really, I really genuinely enjoyed this episode. Like, I, I would go so far as to say, in true like fashion that not only would I watch this at two in the morning if I'm stoned off my ass, but shit, I would throw this one on if I just wanted to watch a good Peggy Connie episode. Like if I was putting together like a Peggy Connie block, it'd be this and it'd be a Bobby slam. We, we've been getting into a lot okay. of double features lately. You know, we, we talk a lot about, especially lately, you know, what episode would you pair with? Well, I'd pair that one with this one. And I think it's a great one. How about you, buddy? Uh, so I think originally I gave this a butane. But I want to bump it up a little bit here because we talked so much about the work that Jim Dotrieve put into this and the care that he put into these characters. And it's very clear when you watch it that he knows who they are, he knows what they represent, and you got really fun callbacks. Um, I don't know if this was his call to put, put someone like Wesley Archer in the background of a frame. That may have just been an animator just going, ah, cool, let's do that. We have this model, and we already have this model in a prison. Let's do it. Wh wh however it ended up there, I'm going to give the credit to Jim Dotry. Um, The golf storyline is fantastic. The Peggy and Connie team-up is fantastic. Um, we have to say goodbye to Roddy Ray Biffle, which kind of makes me sad because I feel like we didn't ever get to really stretch his legs. But we are going to get a new boss for Peggy to screw around with, and he is even even better i think than roddy ray um so instead of a butane i'm going to give this a butte king I'll, I'll bump it up a half a notch here okay. um it is the tech technically the quote unquote last peggy gets a job episode since she's going to be here for the rest of the series um but we still definitely have cozy kitchen in the pipes and her selling pampered chef to people so <sighs> that's technically a peggy gets a job episode isn't it oh baby isn't it though no, that's yes. Peggy uh, joins a triangle opportunity episode. Oh, yeah. Okay. We only had like two or three of those already. So we need another one. It's fine. Um, it's a it's a Buking, man. It's I really did enjoy this one, too. I came I came into this week not like refreshed, renewed, reinvigorated, not necessarily any of that stuff. But it's really nice to watch a back to back set of episodes where I don't got to deal with Luann or Lucky. Yeah. I think that's part of it too. Like they didn't even show up and that was great. Like, mm -hmm. you know, and there wasn't even like some throwaway of like, I'll never be able to afford a nice house for my little baby because lucky spent his money on pretty, pretty truck. Nothing like that. You know, like, right. Yeah. So, so. yeah, I think it's a big part of it. Yeah. King. Well, should we, uh, flip this one over to our next episode? I was trying to think of a real term and I couldn't. It's Mark. I am. I am willing to uh, sacrifice or uh, crucify this next episode if you are. <laughs> it gives me great passion. Let's roll that stone on over, buddy. Ooh, <laughs> uh, okay. All right, Johnny. What is our next episode? I opened the tomb, and the tomb is empty. It's full of passion, though. The passion of the what, Johnny? The passion of the dotry. Guys, this is episode 208. 
Uh, original air date, April 29, 2007. Written by Tony Gamalobo and Rebecca May. Mark, where did we see them last? Uh, the last time was not a good time. It was the Texas Panhandler. Oof. Yeah, that was not a not a fun time <laughs> in the, the dang old podcast echelon of, of episodes. <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah, we, but, we but, were but, not, a, not huge fans. Well, to be fair, they've also done some other ones that we enjoyed. Uh, we two-tained Bill's House. And we two-tained Mutual of Omobois. If if nothing else, at least May and Lobo are... Or Gamma, Lobo, and May, however you want to do that. At least they're, like, consistently average. And they're not so high and low-y. Do you know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. I think that's fair. Um, well, And usually they get some, some fun, like, guest stars. Not this week, but... I remember in the last one we saw them, we got Justin Long and we got Dax Shepard. So it's like, oh, okay, it's pretty solid. Mm -hmm. uh, this week, though, we have characters that include Hank, Peggy, Bobby Hill, Bill Dotrieve, Dale Gribble, Boomhauer, Karen Stroop making her return, uh, Nancy Gribble, Joseph Gribble, Dr. Money, and random churchgoers. Nancy, Joseph, and Dr. Money are all cameos. Okay. Uh, synopsis for this episode Bill and Stroop embrace a forbidden love, which leads her away from the church. This is really only an A story this week. We have our characters, Bill, Karen, Stroop, and Hank. Let's hop right in. Um, I do not have a lot of notes for this one, surprisingly. Can I give you my synopsis? Like I, you give, Please give me your synopsis, and I hope it's no, just naughty, raunchy, gross. Give me it. Well, now I'm going to let you down, because my synopsis is, Bill shows us that, yes, even beggars can, in fact, be choosers. <laughs> I like it. It's very on point for Bill. <laughs> Sorry, I totally cut you off. I, I took some notes, but I don't have a ton of shit. Like, there's not a lot to take lot away from this, this one. No, it's so it's a pretty cut and dry story, and I get to it my cons here, but this is this is a trope we've seen in sitcoms. I feel like forever, like you and I have been raised on this concept. So I'm like, eh. um, well, I'm gonna jump into my. I've got two notes here. I'll go through them real fast. Um, first off, I didn't realize that Boomhauer liked sci-fi books, let alone that he enjoyed reading Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. <laughs> so that made me happy. Hell yeah, dang old forty-two man. If if we haven't heard from Boomhauer in like a season here and that's how he comes back, cool. I'm into it. I love it. Yeah. Like, Give me some more of your, your hot takes on Douglas Adams. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, I mean we had, you know, last week, oh dang, get them close away from me, dangled curse, whatever, but like doesn't count. Like, no, this is what I'm choosing to pick as like Boomhauer's best line out of the season. Right? It's fantastic. I I don't know. Does it track for you that Boomhauer would be into sci-fi? Oh, a thousand percent. Because yeah. it kind of does for me. Yeah. Hey, that's a okay. That's a fun it's... conversation we can have. Um, what type of books do the guys read? Dale only reads. Dale Ooh. reads romance novels. We know that per Joseph. Um, yes. Bill probably can't read. <laughs> um, Hank reads manuals like like his mower manual. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> okay. It's 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 the firefighting manuals, so he knows how many psi the regulator gauge should be. <laughs> um. Yeah. It's well, and and it just told us that Boomhauer here reads science fiction. Yeah. Um, when he is not reading like classic car 
magazines and articles on Camaros than he is reading Douglas Adams. Okay. All right. I'll take it. Yeah. I could also see, um, I could see Dale reading stuff like Stephen King. <laughs> I was going to say, it's not just me wanting Dale as one of my favorite characters to read my favorite author. I just think that Dale would read Stephen King. I I would buy that, yeah. I would also think that Boomhauer reads a lot of uh, Philip K. Dick. Okay. Yeah, I could see that. You know, he kind of shares a lot of that, like, multi-plane philosophy deal. Like, I, I can see Boomhauer believing that, like, Vallis is a real thing. So, yeah. 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 And, yeah, and I don't think Bill does read. Like, I just, not that he can't, I just don't think that he does. Um, the closest thing he, he would read is, like, maybe a, I don't know, uh Joel Osteen self-help book. <laughs> and then get mad because he got nothing out of it. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Boomhauer has good taste in sci-fi. Uh, and Bobby makes a comment when he's watching TV and Peggy is reading a magazine. He just laughs and he says, oh, oh, oh Drake. Something to that effect. Yes. And I'm pretty sure he is likely watching Drake and Josh on Nickelodeon. Oh. Uh, which had an original run of original run from 2004 to 2007. Interesting. I took a different way, and I'll talk about that in a little bit. Oh, cool. Um, and because you and I brought this up, I think, in last week's episode, Peggy is, in fact, reading Metropolitan Magazine, still not Cosmo. So they had a second opportunity to write in and make it Cosmo. And they chose not to. They kept it with Metropolitan, which I thought was interesting. Hmm. Interesting. I And also, yeah, dude, I fucking love Cosmo. It's like my favorite magazine in the world. <laughs> it is pretty fun and trashy. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, those I remember are my reading notes, them though, in college, man. like, like I said, I not a lot. Sorry? I was going to say, those are my notes. I don't got a lot. God damn, you really didn't. And I strangely, I strangely remember you reading those in college. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Me and John Andahar just used to sit in the green room table and read them. And, like, certain professors would walk in and question our sexuality and be like, hey, it's pretty not PC of you there, buddy. Maybe we got to tailor you a better uh, outlook on life, huh? Maybe. <laughs> uh, yeah, just go throw some deer shit in his face. <laughs> Watch, this is the one that he listens to. Is, I'm going to get a phone call. Fuck you, Mark, and just hang up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> If okay, so the Bible could have survived the apocalypse. Why? Why would a Bible need to survive the apocalypse? Isn't the point of the apocalypse like <laughs> Jesus won? So like no one needs to read the Bible anymore. <laughs> I don't. Whatever. And he and he took everybody that was saved with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and there's like no second chances. I'm pretty fucking sure. Uh, but apparently there is. I don't know. I'm not splitting hairs here. Um, no backseats. <laughs> Yes. Um, <laughs> shit. Um, and this is another classic episode trope, buddy. Or not trope, but another classic King of the Hill episode. Yeah? Yeah. Bill gets it in. <laughs> You're right. You're right. It is. It's not just It's not just classic for, like, like sitcoms stat- status. Like, no, it's, just a, it's, a, it's King of the Hill. He's done this, like, four times now. And Richards... <laughs> Leanne. Lenore. Cousin Violetta. Both of them. Laoma. Loma. 
I, a, a, a long time ago, you asked me, who do you think gets laid more, Boomhauer or Bill? And I still maintain, I think, I think Bill gets it more for longer at a time, but Boomhauer gets it more frequently, if that makes sense. That's true. Bill's a relationship, dude. Boomhauer's kind of like one and done. That is true. Let's talk about clerical marriage, Johnny. Uh, clerical marriage is the practice of allowing leaders of a faith to marry and have children and procreate. Now, I was in that weird Christian cult, and they said that they were Baptists, so of course the pastor was married. Um, but you might be surprised to know that it's cool with the Protestants, the Anglicans, Lutherans, and yes, also the Methodists. So why is this Catholics. such a... Just not the Catholics, Yeah. Um, so that leads me to my next point. I super do not understand the stakes of this episode. Like, okay, so, okay. I understand that, like, when it's forbidden, it's more fun that way. I get that bit. And I understand that's what, like, Bill is into at this point. But, like, why does Hank need to be here? Why can't we just see, like, Bill panicking because he's been alone for so long that he can't be with a human? Or maybe Bill's not over Loma. Like, this ostensibly like Stroop is Bill's rebound for Leoma, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, unless you count his probably hundreds of hours of porns in between. No, I think that's fair. I, I think my main issue with this is you already pointed out that the idea of it being forbidden and, and hidden is kind of what amps it up and makes it that much more attractive, sexy to not just Bill, to Stroop as well. Like, she definitely talks about how it kind of gets her jollies off, too, to, to have this forbidden relationship. Um, And she talks about just how weird it can be in a quote-unquote small town when you start dating your parishioners. I Really, if we want to break this down as to why this is, this is even a thing and why Hank has to be with them, it's a very cruel reason. And it's that we can't show Bill being happy and we can't show Stroop being with Bill because it's gross. Okay. Okay. I mean, it, it, we they say so in as many words when uh, halfway through the episode when they declare, you know what, we're out, we're proud, this is what it is, we're still enjoying ourselves, it's no longer forbidden, but we don't really give a shit, we can be out and we can enjoy it, and all of the, the what is it, the clerical council i don't remember what the name of it deacons 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 and they go up to hank and they say it's gross we're not saying this shouldn't happen no i'm saying it this shouldn't happen it's gross it's right. really 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 cruel to bill like that seems to be the only reason they don't want to see this the only reason they want it to fail is because they don't want to watch bill get it on the stroop is not an like she's not an ugly woman yeah she's a middle-aged like reverend like yeah she's not gross yeah. no she's not bill gross i, I think bill's so. coming around though like you know we talk a lot about like bill and his like instead of being a pant load he becomes like a confident load and like he's got to have some confidence rolling off of blood and sauce that was last week you know like he does I don't know. eventually maybe, he's maybe gonna I'm get a look at to this is like I don't know. I think I'm trying to look at it like too canonically or something, you know, like, oh, this happened one time, so it has to stick around. But like, I don't know. It's just kind of weird to me how, why it happens. I guess if that makes sense, you know? No, yeah, no, I completely understand. And because she talks about, 
you know, this is why this is exactly why I left St. Paul. And it's like, well, really, what was the problem there? Is it the problem that you don't know how to control your PDA and your parishioners have got real grossed out there just like they did here? Because then it really isn't Bill's fault. This is all on her. Troop is given handies in the movie theater. <laughs> it, I mean, that was a rather intense scene. I'm real glad that it's not a, a PG-13 rated. I'm glad it's not Big Mouth doing this storyline because we would have seen handies. <laughs> Let's just say that. <laughs> Bill and his kidney cracker. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of... um things that are huge let's talk about the other end of that what's bobby's little stuff why do we need that line i hate that bit it's a dumb bit i'm sorry it just i in a whole episode where i just sat and and like was kind of bored throughout like that stuck in my freaking craw man because it makes no sense i i found that endearing that's actually one of my pros or not my pros that's actually one of my favorite moments and it's mostly it's hank's reaction and you don't need little stuff. To me, I imagine he's like, he's putting his troll's clothes in there or something like that. It's Bobby being his fucking weird self, dude. He's flying his weird flag. Okay. Okay. But you you don't have to like it, buddy, but I enjoyed it because I'm like, eh, this seems like Bobby to me. He would have weird little stuff. I also was that kid where I'm like, where are my fucking micro machines at? Like, I can't, I'm always losing these little shits. I could totally put them in these little tiny, like, things that I'm supposed to be putting money in for the church. That makes sense. Maybe it's because I used to steal those little things at, at church just like Bobby did. Maybe that's why I like this. Okay, okay, right on. <laughs> maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe that's the problem here. I'm non-biased, or I'm biased. No, not at all. Um, also, we have seen Stroop get horny for Bill I do, um, in the Harmonaholics episode. Yes. I, yeah, this is I not legit new. I think that Stroop is attracted to Bill. I think so. Like, not just because, you know, any port in a storm here, but, like, she actually is into Bill. It, which would make sense. She's from Minnesota. Like, no hate to our Minnesotan listeners, but I reckon that Bill, that there's a lot of Dotrieve types walking around, if you take my meaning. Big hairy men. Hey, Operation Walrus is perfect men, yeah. for that fucking cold climate. Oh, yeah, you know they tested Walrus in the Great Lakes, dude. Absolutely. Okay, so you know how we like to get really pissed off when the entire town turns against Hank for no reason at all? Yes. And it's like, it just happens so quick, and how come it only happens to Hank? Well, this is what happens when it doesn't happen to Hank, and I'm very sorry that I asked for it, and I apologize, and I will never ask for it again. Let's just go back <laughs> to hating Hank, because Jesus Christ. Yeah. I just... I don't know. Um, That is my rating that I for some reason wrote in my notes. Johnny, talk to me about your pros, buddy. Um, This episode affirms, just like Naked Ambition did, that Bill needs to be in therapy. Um, They have a very good group moment where they're, they're in Bible study, and the one guy starts talking, and then the other lady starts talking, and they start bickering and fighting at each other. And Bill is the one who steps in and says, no, 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 no. I think this is what it really, really means. And kind of brings everybody back into the group and makes it work. And I'm like, God, why isn't this man in fucking therapy? Like, clearly it's good for him. Clearly he is the good type of person to be in this situation. Let's just, let's just keep going. Like, send him to the booby hatch twice a week. Let's just do it. 
and not the gentleman's club. Um, I, I want to appreciate the animated wink that we get from Stroop. I thought that was really cool. Um, it's, I mean, you don't have to be eagle eyed to notice it, but the fact that they actually animated it made me happy. Um, Mm -hmm. I just, I wrote this in quotes and you sneak away for an overnight, the audacity that has to be what Hank is saying in his own head. Like, are you kidding me right now? Like, seriously, are you kidding me right now? I love it. I I love it. Um, I also love that Stroop is so like comfortable around Hank because she's been his minister for the better part of like two years now for going canonically. Um, mm-hmm. And so she's she's pretty comfortable with him. I mean, hell, his son slash dad burned down her church and ate her lutefisk and god what hank has already done a whole bunch of shit for her um he's gone to her over things like buddhism and all this other shit anyway i appreciate that that we don't have to have that weird awkward moment of hey by the way this is your pastor like yeah i don't i've never i've never felt as comfortable as i was in this episode with stroop with reverend lovejoy and the simpsons like he, oh, he always seems out of place wherever he is, unless he's right next to Ned Flanders. Even on Baboon Island. Even on Baboon Island, man. Even when he's got a whole episode for himself, I'm like, eh. Um, and my last pro here is they make the PDA, the public display of affection in this, so gross and cringy that it is excellent writing, because you really see why everyone in the town fucking hates this. It is gross. (laughs) I'm thinking of that movie scene and the under the the seat handy that we just are lovingly never going to get. Like, it is gross. And to me, like, that's the whole point of it. It needs to be over the top so that the whole town has to hate it. So, good on you guys. You made me hate it. I really don't ever want to watch that again. Um, Mark, you got pros for me? Uh, pro, you already hit this in your notes, but I'm going to hit it too. Uh, Boomhauer reads Hitchhiker's Guide. I love that. I just, of course he does. I just, I love that little bit and just, it's so good. It guys, Boomhauer if you haven't read endearing. Douglas Adams' Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, please, please go. God, you know what? I'll even endorse the shitty, what was that, 2006 movie with um, Bilbo Baggins. Zoe Deschanel. Zoe Deschapelle and yeah, Alan Rickman is a depressed robot. Like, go read it go watch it oh. i think the original british run is on uh hulu still i watched it a couple of years ago yeah zaphod beeblebrox looks um, like shit but like it's 1970s bbc puppets like we're, no you know, exactly what are you gonna Who, get? which what actor is it that plays zaphod in in the the new one the 2006 one do you remember his name because he's the reason to watch that movie none of the, nobody else i can tell you really quick dude Fuck, most def look it as up. a ford prefect yeah also fucking great, great cast, but God, what is his name? And I'm I'm going to kick myself here. It is Sam Rockwell. Oh, what? Sam That's Rockwell. who Sam Rockwell. Is. Oh, okay. So Brad and Josh, when we, we just did Ninja Turtles on show the kids and they keep yes. talking about Sam Rockwell and I'm like, who the fuck is Sam Rockwell? Now I know who the fuck Sam Rockwell is. He's a fun. <laughs> you All already right. had your awesome. shot, space man. <laughs> it's, it's his screaming, Magrathea. <laughs> I'm a He's, he is he is the reason to watch that but guys go read that book it'll take you like five hours it's incredibly fucking short 
God, go read all seven of them. It'll take you like a week, and it's totally worth your time. It is the smartest writing I have ever read in my life. It is also the easiest writing I have ever read in my. It is amazing. Like just a bit about like Vogon poetry. They they evolved to be particularly terrible, and they are among the worst poets in the entire galaxy. <laughs> oh, to the spongy green lump I found underneath my armpit on a midsummer's day. Like, it's amazing. <laughs> my favorite bath time gurgles. Like it's. <laughs> oh god guys go read go watch go consume i'm pretty sure you can buy the audiobook the original bbc audiobook for nothing at all please go look into this like don't turn off the king of the hill podcast right fucking now and go consume all the hitchhikers and then come back and don't talk to go, us don't watch any more king of the hill yeah stop watching king of the hill go do that first and then come back to us because god that's my pro that's my pro for this week is that i am going to go back and reread hitchhikers um, anyway, oh. God, it's so good. Um, there's a bit in the alley when, you know, Bill has decided that he's going to reaffirm his faith in Christ and the Lord God and, you know, all this shit. And Dale goes, and he's off the rails. That's a really funny bit out of Dale. <laughs> like, <laughs> just Bill being all weird and Dale just kind of standing there being passively unsupportive. But it's it's great. Uh, those are my pros. I don't have a lot of pros in this one. I, again, I okay. just kind of sat and wa- this. Okay, so like this isn't as bad as um, uh, Luann gets lucky. This is a completely different caliber of crap. I just think is we don't like Lobo and May. Honestly, like t- t- uh, baseline, they're butane riders anyway. And then you get something like this. You're just like, okay, well. It, it also kind of just bothers me how, and I know I'm kind of kicking in the cons prematurely here, but like. Bill is a pant load all the time, and he's so lonely all the time. And, like, then he finally gets it, and he doesn't want it. And I get it, man. It's, you know... Yeah. Stroop gets done so dirty, and she's a better... She's worth more than that, number one. Oh, yeah. And little things about it, you know? I I don't know. Anyway, talk to me about your cons, and I'll kick back into mine. Sure, sure. Um, So, I, I really only... I think I only have two in here. No, I have three. No, I have four. I have four. Okay. So, <laughs> first one here. First one here. Would it be so bad to make Bill a minister? Like, real no. question for you. Would that be a terrible thing for him to do? Um, he's. This is not the first time we've seen him get attracted to something in, in religion. Um, shit, he almost did in Harmonaholics. He, he... Did he join Luann in pool Bible study? No, he didn't, because we made no, a point to say that that was real low-hanging fruit that they didn't decide to yeah. pick. Um, I, I don't know. I don't think it would be a terrible thing for him to say, I'm done with the army. I'm, I am I want to cut hair still. Like, that's how I'm going to make money. But I also want to go and lead, like, a youth group or, or I, you know, I want to go and do this. I want to do that. I want to be involved something with something with religion. Um it's it's a good fit for him and yet it's railed against so hard in this and it's i think it's part of the show keeping bill down because you need to keep bill down for the sense of its story we so, need to punch down on him yeah yeah ha- he has to, he's the only one that that it gets consistently done to um where mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. a no this is this is what happens every time not some of the time so eh, it just sucks because i like the idea of of them going, well, we're just not going to have Bill for a season. He's going to go off and he's going to go on a mission and we'll get him back in another season. Mm-hmm. You know, something to that effect. And just see 
how it, it, it helped him or it didn't help him or if he's still a giant pant load or who knows, maybe he pant loaded in the middle of like South Africa with somebody. That'd be hilarious. I would watch the shit out of that. Well, so he can't get out of the army, but how come he can't become a chaplain? Um, exactly. I think that we could probably say that you made me think about it when you said like Bill gets horned up for religion. Um, he's pretty down with Buddhism per, uh, won't you pee my neighbor? Yeah. So to that end, how come Bill just couldn't like be an army sergeant barber slash chaplain, you know? I, it makes, I mean, makes sense to me, but I, I don't know, maybe because that's, that's giving him too much credit. That's giving him too many good things. Good things don't happen to Bill. So that's true. That's true. It's maybe maybe I'm mad that after eleven seasons I want this show to change and I want them to stop being so shitty to him, even though I know after eleven seasons they never fucking will. Right. But eh, I guess I'm I'm mad at it. And I'll stay mad at it. Um, you hit this a little bit, but all of Arlen is now recognizing the trope that Hank fixes everything because they have the deacon straight up show up and go to Hank and say well, we know you're friends with the colossal fat ass. You need to go fix this because we think it's gross. Mm-hmm. It's not just the alley that now knows Hank fixes everything. It's all of Arlen. He fixes mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I do not like that Bill is the only one that gets laid at fault here for this at the end of this episode. Um, he's the one at fault for breaking up with Stroop. He's the one at fault for quote unquote leading her on or taking things too far. It takes two to tango. Um, she's the one that got really intense, really fast with him and didn't really give him a lot of options. Um, you know, like, am I wrong in thinking that, that she has some share of this, like share of the blame in this? No, I don't think so at all. Cause she, she uh, does a hundred percent. She does. She absolutely does. Now, I'm not saying that he didn't go about it a shitty way and he should be punished for that. But like she needs to own up to her piece of this, too, and go, well, maybe I shouldn't have done this so fast. Maybe I should have taken a second before I realized Forbidden Love was so great. I just I like Stroop as a character, but I hate how. Well, once again, we need to punch down on Bill. So she's going to get a get out of jail free card and everyone should be feeling nice about it. Um. You know, now, now are you saying that Bill's a religious leader in a position of power and trust takes advantage of somebody in their <laughs> core group? I almost I want to see her do the rickety cricket thing and just never get to go back to Arlen Methodist now that she left. And she's just going to be like okay. this weird transient bum around Arlen. She's going to go and marry Spongy. It's going to be great. Oh. <laughs> okay. My last one here is that this concept and i brought this up already this concept for sitcoms is so overdone we we have seen this story we've seen it in friends with chandler and monica joey happens to be the middleman and then it's phoebe that's the middleman Mm. or it's rachel that's the middleman because well we have to have somebody here to make it look like we're not actually together but even though you we are somebody has figured it out yada 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 almost always lasts only an episode we saw it in Community with Britta and Troy. Abed just happened to be mm-hmm. the middleman at a certain point because nobody else can know that Britta and Troy are together, but Abed right. can. And now we're, it's it's awkward. 
We saw it two separate times in The Simpsons. We saw it with Milhouse when Bart's friend falls in love, and we saw it with Skinner and Kerbopple, where they're straight up taking a sleepy Bart to the movies at like 11 o'clock at night and he's still in his pajamas. <laughs> Guys, get some new fucking material. Nobody wants to watch this story anymore. If you're putting this in your sitcom, I'm pretty sure I'm going to turn it off and never watch it again. Like, ever. Yeah. So, yeah. I I agree with you a thousand percent. I and I I, I really don't care for that either. It's just long. I don't. I I've just I've seen it so many times. There's no way to re- redo this. I I call it the forbidden love triangle. Yeah. Because it's okay, forbidden we'll love, and you have to have the third person to make it fucking work, so that nobody else finds out. But it only ever only ever lasts an episode, or you know, two or three tops, if you're in a long running series. Or some shit like that, but it, it very rarely lasts very long, and it always gets found out, and then the it, it it ends the same fucking way every time. It doesn't work out. Yeah, right. It, um, yeah, I it's, I'm it's sure just lazy. You've got You're right. It, 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 it's just lazy too. more than anything. It yeah, it is. It it's it's like well, have we done the the forbidden love triangle yet, or have we done the will they won't they? It's it's the the whole idea of like what what was it Sam and Diane in Cheers, where they teased it for like four seasons that these guys were gonna get together they're gonna get together they're gonna get together and then they finally do and then she leaves, mm-hmm. and then that became like a sitcom trope forever. Oh, we're gonna tease this out for like three or four seasons and then then it's finally gonna happen. I'm like I don't yeah. I don't need this. Don't string me along. Just do it or don't do it. Yeah, like shoot or get off the pot. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're going to keep doing this for seasons of stuff. Um, well, I mentioned a couple uh, weeks ago that I watched Bones, and I'm, I'm thinking back on my episodes of that, and I'm like, this is one of those those instances where I was happy that they did it because half the series is them together, and they stay together. And so it's like, okay, you, you took the, the, the like relationship and you changed the dynamic here, and now you get to play around in these situations with a different dynamic. Like that mm-hmm. was a big plus to me, but anyway, those, those are my cons. Sorry. I, I don't mean to rail on, on quote unquote classic sitcom tropes, but I'm fucking tired of the, of the forbidden love triangle, dude. No, not at all. However, I did have a thought here. So there's only one member in the alley that you can do this with. And it's bill Hank and okay. Hank and Dale are both married. Um, Boomhauer will never be married. He he lost his only love in Catherine, so you know we can put a nail in that yeah. coffin. Uh, so you can only do it with Bill. But then, but then, but then, so like roundabout, you already really hit it. But like, so at the end of it, Bill can't be. So I got the hiccups. Bill can't be happy. You're right. So Bill can't be happy. No. Like literally, the most positive relationship he had was with Laoma. And she just disappeared. She literally, like, poochied it and had to return to her home planet. Like... Yeah. And it's because they couldn't find a better way for her to leave. Yeah. Like... I I don't know. I I still would love to see fucking Con... Or Bill being Con's stepdad. That'd be hilarious. You have any idea how excited I would be if that is the premise of, of the reboot? Like, I know you want Khan to be gone, but holy shit, I want that to happen. I want that to happen more than Khan being gone. Because I want to see all sorts of, like, weird family picnics and shit. Season 
three of the reboot is Khan gets an unbearable blindness of laying moment and then commits suicide. Oh. <laughs> Not the suicide part, but the, the other. Oh, man. Hey, Kill, what you do when you go blind? Uh, Khan, how do you fix I, this? I've been, I've been here before. I know how to handle it. It just happens with time. <laughs> I can just see Hank turning around. <laughs> Poor bastard. <laughs> and Peggy, like, browbeating him to go help. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> I, I'm into so, it. I don't know. I just, I was thinking about it. It's like, well, you can't really redo this to where it's not, you know this because it has to be this because it can't be boom howard sure shit can't be dale or hank so right um am i are we to my cons yeah we are yeah yeah yep um so you said drake and josh i said there's no way that hank lets bobby watch degrassi ah interesting that's because you will remember that drake plays in degrassi Yes, and I went to Drake and Josh. Yeah. Both Nickelodeon properties, though, so, you know, however that works out. Listeners, listeners, what was Bobby watching? Was he watching Drake and Josh, or was he watching Degrassi? <laughs> um, we have seen, number one, Arlen is a town of how many people? Better than 110,000. Uh, yeah. Secondly, it has got multiple churches with multiple faiths. Why is it that anywhere the village church. group go... It's got a mega church with 15,000 people that attend it. Why is it that anywhere that Bill and Stroop go, there just happens to be a handful of the... What are we going to call it? Let's say... Okay, so there's a pancake breakfast with 300 pancakes. Now, you break that down, four pancakes to a person. I'm going to say that there's 80 people in the congregation, and there's a little bit left over just in case. 80 fucking people tops, and 80 is really, really stretching it. Anywhere the these one, two and go, and the way they animate it, I would say yeah. eighty is eighty is like um, that's two full services. I would imagine. Yeah, she probably does a day and a night, maybe like a Wednesday or something. But like, I just eighty people tops. But anywhere they go, there's just somebody who is offended by this like Stroop Treve. I'm trying to think of a gross name for them, but like, I don't know, I. I I just, it's so tropey. It's so, I'm tired of, okay, I think here's my bigger problem is I'm really tired of them trying to make Arlen a quote-unquote small town. I live in a small town. There's 8,000 people that live here. And I still don't know 80% of them, I would say. Maybe it's because I don't go to church. But, like, even in this small town, there's, like, what, better than a dozen churches, I think? So yeah. so how come it just so happens that anywhere they go, anytime they do a thing, oh, there's somebody taking offense to the unholy union before them. Oh, fuck you. You're, they're being lazy is my problem. Why does it need to be that they just have a problem with it? Why can't it be that Bill can't be in a healthy relationship because it's so fucked up, you know? I just... Yeah? <sighs> bothers me. I don't know. Um, also, I get... I don't like Dale this week. This is a bad Dale episode. Dale shouldn't care about eternal salvation. Dale knows that he's no, like a laser he's, he's, lotus Buddhist. You know what I mean? Exactly. They're uh, they're making him be cruel because he's the easiest one to to turn cruel. 
Yeah, totally. Yeah, like Boomhauer's and again, that's the problem is Boomhauer's not going to have these lines. It's such a this that's the okay, I think I came around to it. This is a pigeonhole episode. It can only happen in very specific circumstances that are shoddy at best and we just assume that it's going to be fine. Okay. You know what I mean? Like it 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 makes you take so much just for granted that okay, well that's what's happening. Is it is it though? Like, yeah. I don't know. Uh, I'm just grumpy. I think I'm not grumpy. I'm just. It's so weird to me that Glenn Peggy Glenn Ross was such a better episode, and it really <laughs> shows you. You don't expect it. You don't. You don't at all. But it really shows you like the power that writers have, for better or for worse. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, favorite moments or anything else or am I am I the problem? Like. I don't know. Um, no, I, <laughs> I got a favorite moment here. It's, hey, Bill, I'm on your deathbed. Now I'm bouncing <laughs> on your deathbed. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> I know Dale is cruel, but at least he's not being cruel about Bill's relationship at that point. It's, and now I'm bouncing on your deathbed. And I like the baby envelopes. I thought that was silly. Like, if, if you're only going to give Bobby really one line in the whole episode, that's a pretty weird, but like, standouty line. And most of the time I bitch about that. Like, just don't give him the fucking line. Just don't have him in this episode. But, yeah, eh, yeah, I liked it. But I am, we, we've already determined now that I'm biased. So, is what it is. You got a moment? <laughs> you got a favorite moment? Uh, question mark, question mark, question mark. I don't, nothing stood out to me. It's just, we. I know how much I bitch about shit being inconsequential and not mattering and everything and just being super sitcom-y. This is super sitcom-y, and I just don't care for yeah. it at all. Okay, uh, I think that's fair. Yeah, I don't know. Um, shit, anything else you want to rate this bad boy? What say we rate her? Um, all right. Mark, I gave uh, Passion of the Dutch Reva Butane. Okay. Stroop is super fast moving in this whole like scenario. Bill can't accept when someone new genuinely cares for him, or at least that's how he is written. Um, this is a, a watchable episode of King of the Hill, but it's not what I'm going to seek out. Okay. And we, you and I already decided long ago that Lauma is, is the best like soulmate for Bill. So I'm sticking with that. It's him or Ann Richards or her and Richard. She's hot. Yes, she is. <laughs> uh, she may not recognize me though. I did watch her on TV. Uh, Mark, what do you give this? Fuck you. <laughs> No. <laughs> um, I gave it a megalotane, and I'm just going to read you what I wrote. I think it's God's plan to ignore uh, classics like Nine Pretty Darn Angry Men, where Bill already decided that it was a good idea for Hank to be speaking for him the entire time and making all his decisions. Totally disregard a season's worth, but also, Bill gets to get his cake and then eat it too. And instead, he opted for chocolate sandwich cookies. It's a megalotane. It's not a good episode. It's also not a bad episode. It'll never it'll never be Luann Gets Lucky, so there you go. Right there. Just right there. This is a better episode than that. <laughs> this is already not the worst episode of King of the Hill. Good on you. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> oh man. Well, I say we uh we rally on up and get on out of here, man. But before we go, I got a very important question to ask. What's that, buddy? Do you still like King of the Hill, Mark? I still like King of the Hill. It's it's fine. I'm glad I'm not so mad as I was last week. That's nice. 
It is a it is definitely a plus. Um, there's a market improvement between this week and last week. I I would say. Yeah, and I think the I think the uh, X quotient factor here is lucky isn't in either one of these, and that's why. I think it might um, be. Yeah. How about you, buddy? Do you still like King of the Hill? Mark, I still love King of the Hill. And don't ever tell past Mark this, but he may be right that Lucky really drags down episodes. I might just be now coming around to it. Uh, Well, I say we get the heck out of here. But before we go, I'm going to let these fine folks know where they can find us. You guys can always reach out to the Dangle Podcast on um, Twitter, X, X Twitter, X. Twitter. Going it's only going to be Twitter. Twitter. Hi, Hammock takes a stance oh. that it will be Twitter. It is the once in future Twitter. Elon Musk can once and go fuck himself. <laughs> guys, you can reach us on Twitter at Dangle Podcast. You can reach us on Instagram, on Facebook. We are at Dangle Podcast on any of your social media platforms. Um, chances are pretty good that it's Mark or I that is running it. So we're probably going to be the ones engaging with you there. Uh, if you want to email us, email us at danglepodcast at gmail.com. I am on Instagram if you want to find me there. I am krautball, kraut as in sauerkraut, ball as in Swedish, meatball. Mark, where can these lovely people find you? And why haven't you had me on for a second episode of I Can't Wait to Show My Kids? Because your recording schedule availability is fucked to shit and Brad is not a morning person. <laughs> okay, fair. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm totally cool blaming Brad on this, so it's I'm good with that. That's what you just did. You blame Brad. <laughs> well, I'm awake. I'm awake at fucking five a.m. Still, like I was mad that I had to wake up this morning, but um, yeah, you can find <laughs> me at Marky Stardust on Twitter. Uh, you can also find us on our sister podcast, the I Can't Wait to Show My Kids podcast, where me and Brad and sometimes Johnny and once upon a time last week, Josh, we watch a movie that we really enjoyed and talk about when can we show this to our kids. Uh, we will have just released Empire Strikes Back, the greatest movie Ooh. of all fucking time. Um, false, or, or false. No, it's the greatest movie of all time. There is no debate here. I come trial by combat, me in my front yard. I dare any one of you, <laughs> including you, good buddy. And then I get to see you again because I totally miss seeing your face. Uh, but to that end, also, you can catch me on the Two Wizards podcast where me and our buddy Josh stare into that void so you don't have to. Hey, but also, gang, uh, Johnny and I are rapidly approaching our two-year anniversary, and we have been getting a lot of good feedback out of a lot of you, and of course we always appreciate it, but what if there was just something extra that you wanted to talk to us about? Maybe there's a question that we don't ever address in our, in, we'll call it 300 hours worth of oversharing content. Well, if that is yeah. you, if this strikes a chord with you, we are doing a mailbag episode um, for our two-year anniversary in September, so you have about three weeks right now you, you rock it on over to that Facebook page. You rock it on over to that Twitter page or the Instagram. And you drop us a line. We already got a or couple. The um, or the Gmail. Yeah. Any one of them. Um, we already got a couple, but we're going to address them when they come up. There's, there's at least one in the bag. But please, please don't make us turn into assholes who write our own mailbag episode. Like, that's something that humans do i guess but i mean i don't we'll do it, it but it's once. gonna sound like we did it <laughs> <laughs> please please justify my own ego and arrogance in thinking that a bulk of you wish to partake in this mailbag episode and with that being said johnny let's get the hell out of here buddy yeah yeah i say so um guys well real quick right before we leave i want to add something here to this this mailbag 
guys, if if there's anything you want to ask us, you got, you got to remember, we are rapidly coming to the end of King of the Hill. Um, it's not to say that you won't hear Mark and I bring up some other cool subject. We haven't decided what our next project's going to be yet, but it's in the works. But we're going to be done with King of the Hill. So if you have something specific that you've been itching, that you want us to talk about, something that you really liked, you really hated, or that, that you really felt like we should have liked or hated, please reach out to us. We want to talk about it. We want to hear from you. We want to know that the last two years we have we have connected with a couple of you at least and, uh, you know, share that connection back. So, yeah, uh, but anyway, yeah, anyway, that being said, let's get the hell out of here. Mark, I appreciate you, man. Listeners, I appreciate all of you. We will see you next week. We'll see you next week. Always remember, you can have your cake and eat it too, unless it tastes like loot fisk, then just avoid it. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs>